Healthy Hacker, Episode 18. Welcome to The Healthy Hacker, where we talk about programming, puzzles, memory fitness diet, and everything else that you, a healthy hacker, find interesting. I'm Chris Hunt, and this week, I'm going to talk about what it's like to work on a distributed team. I'm going to talk about the stuff that's great, the stuff that's not so great, and some of the tricks that I've tried to make the experience even better. Before we get into that, though, let's do the workout of the week. The workout of the week is a section where I like to take a workout that I've done recently or just seen recently or someone's told me about and I share it with you and hopefully sometime this next week you'll get a chance to try it as well. So today's workout, this week's workout, is one that I did a few days ago at CrossFit Pearl District. And those of you that have been listening for a while knows that I talked to Jeff, the gym owner, in episode nine. So this was a fun workout, so I want to share it with you so that you can try it as well. This workout is called an EMOM, which is an acronym, E-M-O-M, that stands for Every Minute on the minute. And this is really popular in CrossFit. The way that an EMOM works is that you take a period of time, usually that's five minutes or 10 minutes or some other round number of time, and you give a set of exercises and you say every minute on the minute for whatever period of time that we've picked, this 10 minute block of time, you need to do these exercises. And then when you're done, you get to rest until the next minute starts. So this workout is a 10-minute EMOM, so every minute on the minute for 10 minutes, you need to do 10 toes-to-bar and 10 push-ups. So we've never done a toes-to-bar on here, so I'll explain what that is. You want to grab a bar above your head just like you were going to do a pull-up, so you're hanging from the bar, and you want to bring your toes up to the bar. That's it. And you want to do that 10 times. And there are certain techniques you can use that are going to make this easier or make it more difficult. But the point is just to get your toes up to touch that bar. If this is a movement that's completely impossible to you, you try it, you can't even get close, then do knees to chest instead, which is where you hang from the bar, just like you're about to do for toes to bar. But instead of bringing your toes up to the bar, you bring your knees to your chest. Nice, right? These exercises are pretty much named after how they work. So when that's done now, you drop on the floor and you do 10 push-ups. And again, these push-ups can be modified. If push-ups are difficult for you, you can do push-ups from your knees or you can do less repetitions. So again, take a timer, set it for a 10-minute countdown or a 10-minute count up, whatever, however your watch works, and every minute do 10 toes to bar or knees to chest and 10 push-ups. If you'd like, you can decrease the number of reps if 10 repetitions is too much. But if you think you can do 10 for the whole 10 minutes, then just stick with it because you'll get a better workout. There are videos of both of these exercises. If you want to see how they're performed, they're in the show notes at healthyhacker.com slash 18. So now let's talk about working in a distributed team, also known as working from home 
or working remotely or early retirement, however you want to think about it. It's funny because even the people who haven't actually worked on a distributed team all kind of have this mental image of what it's like to work from home, even though they've never tried it. And it's usually one of three things. Either they imagine this amazingly overweight and smelly person waking up at one o'clock in the afternoon, rolling on their side, still in bed, rolling on their side, reaching over, grabbing the laptop, and then grabbing their pillow and kind of situating it up behind their back so they get nice back support, and now they're working. You know, they're plugging away on their laptop, writing some code. They never actually need to get out of bed. There's no reason to get out of bed. They don't take a shower. They have their food delivered to them. And then when they're tired, they just go back to sleep again and then wake up again and start writing code when they're ready to start working again. So that's one image that people have of distributed teams. And to be fair, I've actually taken several video calls without wearing pants, but it wasn't because I was trying to be funny or clever. It's because I'm doing laundry because I'm working from home, right? That's a great benefit. So another image that comes to mind when people imagine a distributed team are these crazy nomads who don't even have a home. They just travel from one nice location to the other. They may start in Portland, where I live, and then go to San Francisco and Paris and Argentina and Amsterdam. They don't actually have a house to their name. They don't pay rent anywhere. They just travel the world and sip margaritas and open their laptop and write code when they get a free moment. But that's not really what their life's about. Their life's about traveling and they get a little bit of code in when they have the time to squeeze it in. And then another image, and this is a little bit more realistic, but another image that comes to mind often when people think of a distributed team is they imagine somebody living in maybe a rural location or a nice city And they don't want to move for whatever reason, but they do want to work for this really awesome company in San Francisco. So they work remotely from their home in, say, Portland, Oregon, like I do. I live in Portland, and I work for a company in San Francisco. I work for GitHub. And the reason why I can't leave Portland is, one, because I don't want to right now, and two, my wife is in grad school. So even if I did want to right now, I can't because she's studying, and that would be unfair to her to force us to move to another location just so that I can take a job. So we live in Portland and I work for a company in San Francisco. Now, all of these three images of an overweight person sitting in bed, never leaving bed and programming, or the nomad traveling the world, writing code as they see fit, or just the person who wants to live in a different location than the company they work for, those are all valid ways to work as a distributed team. And there are people that do all of these things. No one way is correct. Everybody works a little bit differently, and that's the whole point of working in a distributed team. Because I work from home, and this is where I choose to work, I work in my apartment, I have a little nook here that I've carved out, I get to define what my office is like. I have complete control over my working environment. You may remember maybe when you joined your current job, or maybe if you're looking for a job now, almost every job listing lists all these job perks, right? You got the ping pong table, the beer keg, free pizza or free dinner. I don't care about that stuff. The nice thing about working from home is you make whatever perks you want, right? I care about my PlayStation 4 or my Rubik's Cube or my gym that's right next door or my bicycle or my standing desk or the nook that I have here that I'm recording this podcast from that has little acoustic foam panels on the wall. I care about having my furry friends, my dog and my cat, Baxter and Parker. I care about not having to put them in a crate or bring them to a babysitter or do something like that. If people have kids, they probably care about being able to pick their kids up from school or drop them off from school or go to sporting events 
whatever. I also care about being able to cook my own meals. So having a kitchen and cooking breakfast, cooking lunch, cooking dinner, these are all things that I wouldn't be able to do or that would be strange for me to do if I was working in an office environment. I can customize my office and my office perks to suit me perfectly. Now, I enjoy being alone all day for some reason. I love talking to myself and occasionally having video chats with my team members, but maybe you're the kind of person that likes to be surrounded by lots of other people working and you can still get that on a distributed team because maybe you go to a cafe or a co-working space or outdoors in a park, somewhere that has people all around you so you can still get kind of the surround of the hustle and bustle and all the ambient noise if that's your thing. The office, when you're on a distributed team, is exactly what you want it to be. You can stay in bed, you can travel the world, or you can just stay at home and build an office at home and work from a company in another location. Now, obviously, this sounds amazing, being able to build your own working environment and literally do whatever you want, but you lose a lot by doing this, by not co-locating with the rest of your team. There's virtually no serendipity now because you no longer surround yourself by the people you work with. You can't overhear conversations. You can't hear about what the person next to you is working on, even though they're not on your team, right? Because you can't hear them talking. You don't have any water cooler conversation going on where you're talking about the weather, the sports, or hobbies that you do outside of work. There's no social pressure A lot of people are motivated by having people around them working and having somebody watching them and knowing that they're getting stuff done, right? If I'm working from home and I've got that Rubik's Cube sitting on my desk or I've got that bicycle next to me, I might be tempted to just fiddle with the Rubik's Cube for the next four hours and not even work. But if I'm surrounded by other people I'm working with, people on my team that are working, I'm going to be way less likely to start futzing around or playing or doing random stuff that I shouldn't be doing. So losing that social pressure is actually a huge negative and impacts a lot of people when they try to work on a distributed team. The other thing you lose is this amazing high bandwidth automatic communication that happens when you're standing in the same room as somebody, right? You can't use a whiteboard now. You can't brainstorm. You can't have arguments. You can't detect people's emotions. You can't see what clothes they're wearing. All of this stuff just we don't even think about because we're looking at it all the time. But if you just go into your office and close your eyes and put on noise-canceling headphones, that's what it's like to work remotely. You lose all of that information. So something that distributed teams, and we do this at GitHub, something we do to help combat the negative side effects of having complete control over your working environment is we try to have as much face-to-face time as possible. So my team, we do a video chat Three times a week, we have a little stand-up on Monday and Wednesday mornings, and then on Thursday, we do kind of a longer, we call it an iteration planning, but we just talk about the things we're going to work on for the next week and just chat, really. I mean, we see each other's faces, we ask how things are going, we get a feeling for each other's sense of humor, we tell jokes, all that kind of stuff. We make up for not having that high bandwidth communication during the rest of the week. And it's not ideal, but it's definitely better than never seeing people's faces at all. Another thing we do is we try to get together as a team in person and be in the same room at least a few times a year. So we have things called mini summits, which is where we take people from all around the company that are working on a specific thing and we all 
meet usually at the GitHub headquarters and talk about it in person. It's almost like a mini conference. And then we also have hack houses where we take a much smaller group of people and we talk about a specific feature or a specific set of features that we want to work on. And we spend that time, usually a week, just working on that one thing together in the same room, you know, doing pairing with each other, eating meals with each other, hanging out after work, trying to get all that social stuff in that we can't do because we usually don't see each other on a day-to-day basis. So it's really nice to have all this control over your working environment and build it into exactly what you want it to be with all the perks and benefits that you want. But you need to try to get back in some of those social and emotional components that you completely lose by not seeing the other people on your team. So between the one-on-ones and the stand-ups and the hack houses and the mini summits and all that stuff where we're trying to see each other's faces, one of the most difficult things to do when you're on a remote team is to communicate with people. It seems like it would be easy, but it's one of the most difficult things. Imagine that you're in an office. Maybe this is the office you're in now or it's an office you've worked at in the past if you no longer work in an office. And just imagine for a second what it's like to start the day. Let's say you're at your chair and you see me walk into the office. I look super happy. You can tell I got a haircut. I have this awesome looking camera around my neck. You know I'm into photography, so you're probably going to ask me about that camera later. I walk over to my desk. I pull out my cup of coffee and you get up out of your desk and start walking over to me because, you know, it's about that time for us to do our morning stand up, our little stand up meeting. We do it at 915 every morning. It's already 9.17, though. We can tell we're going to be a little bit late, but that's okay because the other two people on our team, they're over in the corner and they're getting coffee at the little coffee station. They'll probably be over here in a few minutes. So we just start kind of chatting about whatever. And then two minutes later, our other team members finally make their way over to the table and we can do our stand-up. So in that two-minute period of time, right, you know that I'm in a great mood You know that I've got a new haircut. You know that I probably took pictures on my way to work today, on my walk to work. You know I've tried coffee at the new coffee place down the street. And we both knew that the stand-up was going to start late, and we didn't actually say anything. We just knew because we can see that the rest of the people on the team weren't here. Well, when you're not in the same office as the rest of your team, all that communication goes away. You no longer know what kind of mood I'm in. You don't know that I just got a haircut. You may not even care. You don't know what my hobbies are. And you have no idea where the other two people are and why they're not at stand-up. So we just start early without them. One of the key differences between being on a co-located team in the same office and being on a distributed team is the way that you communicate. In an office, You must opt out of communication and distractions. You are opt-in by default, and you've probably seen this if you're working in an office today. I like to call this the headphone rule, right? If you see somebody and they're at their desk and they've got their headphones on and they're cranking away on code, you know not to bother that person, right? They are in the zone. They are busy. They do not want to be distracted. They've got a task that they need to get done, and they have put on headphones to signal that they are opting out of communicating and being distracted by you. As soon as they take their headphones off, they can then again be bombarded with people walking by, asking questions, or talking about things, or inviting them to lunch. When you're on a distributed team, it's exactly the opposite. By default, you are opted out 
of all communication and distractions. You have no idea what other people are doing on the team, and they have no idea what you are doing. They have no idea where you're at. They don't know if you have a laptop with you. They don't know if you have your phone with you. They don't know if you have internet access. They don't know what time zone you're in. They don't know what you're working on. They don't know what shirt you're wearing. They don't know what the weather's like. They know nothing. You are totally opted out. So you must open your laptop, Log into the chat room that the rest of your team uses and over-communicate everything. You have to talk about your emotions. You have to talk about your new haircut. You have to talk about your hobbies. And you have to talk about the stuff that you're going to work on today and the stuff that you worked on yesterday. For most people first joining a remote team, this is extremely awkward. Every time you're at your computer, you have to say, I'm here, I'm ready to work, hello, little wave emoji. Every time you leave, you have to say, I'm leaving, I'll be back at this time, or I don't know when I'll be back. But if you don't overshare, nobody has any idea what you're doing. And when this happens, sometimes people call this drifting. People first join a remote team, they're very excited about being remote, they're very excited and understanding of over-communicating, and as the days go on, the weeks and the months, their communication drops off more and more and more until eventually they're like their own little island working on their own little thing and nobody has any idea what the heck this person is up to. They might be distressed, they might be lonely, they might be super happy. The thing is, nobody knows because they've drifted off into the ocean of remote work and you have no idea what's going on. So you need to constantly tell people where you are, what you're doing, when you're ready to work, when you're not ready to work. There is literally no way to over-communicate when you're on a distributed team. So the downside of this, even if you're able to over-communicate and it feels comfortable to you, is you still are not able to communicate certain things. Humor is the biggest thing that totally goes out the window. Almost all communication you do as a distributed team is gonna be over text. And if you're like me, you have a pretty dry sense of humor, right? I say stuff that sounds totally serious, but I'm saying it with a tone and a facial expression that might hint to you that I'm being sarcastic or like I'm joking. But if I were to try to tell those jokes or have that kind of personality on chat or in a pull request and you don't know me or it's two months from now and you're a different person not on my team reading this, you might think I'm serious. So I can't do that. I can't crack those kind of jokes. I can't really be the jokester that I am if you know me in real life because it doesn't work very well over text. The other downside, even if you're comfortable with over-communicating, is you still don't collaborate nearly as much as you would if you were sitting right next to the rest of your team because it's so much easier to lean over to somebody and ask them a question or to try to get feedback on something or to show them something than it is in a chat room. If I do think that something is important enough that I want feedback or I want to show it to somebody, I can still be frustrated because the person I'm trying to reach is unavailable. Maybe they've muted their notifications because they're working, right? They're practicing the headphone rule. Or maybe they're just in a different time zone today, so I'm unable to reach them during the day. It's really easy when you're working on a remote team to be blocked because you're waiting on feedback from somebody or you're waiting to work with somebody on a specific thing. Communication is slow and communication is more expensive. So something that the companies I've worked for do to help combat these communication problems on distributed teams is we try to have a remote first culture. And what this means is everything you do, 
even if you share an office with other people on your team or you work in a place that maybe has 15 or 20 team members, even if all the people you're working with are in the room, you still work as if you were remote. So you're allowed to talk to each other, obviously, but all discussions and decisions and notes and all that stuff needs to go to a place where other people in the company can look at it on their own time, on their own machines, on the internet. Everything you do in the company needs to have a URL and it needs to have a method that you as a team member or as somebody else in the company can provide feedback. You need to be able to get to everything, comment on everything, share it with anybody you want, Everybody in the company needs to be mentionable. So if I want to bring somebody into a conversation, I have a way to do that, right? On GitHub, we use at mentions. In our chat room that we use at GitHub, we use at mentions as well. Everybody has the same username, so you know how to contact them. Whenever I mention somebody, they get a notification on their computer or on their phone. Every single time you do work, whether that's with people in MeetSpace or with people on the internet. You need to give that thing a URL to make it so that other people in the company can view it. You need to be remote first. When I've worked at companies that did not do this, companies that, for example, said, you can work from home for two days a week, that felt like an amazing benefit to have, but it actually turned out to be horrible because when the whole company isn't working remote first, then you can't function as a distributed team. Those days that I work from home in a company that does not work this way, I felt completely detached from the rest of the company. I could not go to any meetings. I had no way of contacting my coworkers. I had no way of getting feedback on the code I was writing. And the rest of the people at the company pretty much assumed that because I was working from home, I was taking the day off. If remote work isn't part of the culture, then working from home means not working at all. If we can't see you working in the office where the rest of us work, then you're basically not getting anything done. So everything you do in order to make a distributed company work needs to be persisted, it needs to be accessible, and you need to be able to mention anybody to bring them into the conversation. Remote should be the default, and it should not be more work to bring other people from the company into the conversation. So let's assume now that you've mastered communication, right? You're over-communicating like crazy. Every piece of work you do has a URL. You're sharing it with everybody. Oh my gosh, it's so amazing. But now, what about those poor people in Amsterdam, right? You've hired these people that love to travel the world. They go to Paris, Italy, whatever. They're obviously in different time zones. And if you don't have these people working for you, you probably do want these people working for you because if you open up your hiring pool to the entire world, that's much larger than the pool of people that are just in your time zone. So you've now made things even more complicated. You're not just a distributed team now. You're an asynchronous distributed team. This is the most difficult way to work, an asynchronous distributed team. You have no idea where people are working, and you have no idea what time they're working in. So when you get to this point, if you're working in a company that does this, then naturally this benefit of working whenever you want is also extended to people in the company's time zone. So let's say, for example, GitHub, the company that I'm most familiar with right now. GitHub is based in San Francisco, so they operate in the Pacific time zone, but they have people working in almost every other time zone that exists. Every hour of the day, somebody's probably waking up and getting their morning cup of coffee. So because you don't know when people are going to be coming online and where they're going to be coming online from, you just tell everybody who's actually in San Francisco that they can do the same thing. If you live in San Francisco and you feel like working 
from 9 p.m. to 7 a.m., why not, right? You'll probably be overlapping with the person who works in Amsterdam. If you function in a way that allows the company to work asynchronously, then even the people who are in the same time zone don't need to work the same hours. They can work however they want. And this is one of the other benefits of working on a distributed team, especially an asynchronous distributed team, is you have a flexible schedule. So for example, I love to work early in the morning. So I wake up at 6.15, I start cooking breakfast, I'm making eggs, I'm making bacon, I bring it over to the kitchen table, my wife joins me at the table, and we get to eat breakfast together. I open up my laptop, it's now 6.45-ish. I get to go through any notifications that I missed while I was sleeping, and then my wife leaves for the day and goes to work. I'm still at home, I pick up my laptop, go to my little standing desk I got here, and usually hop on chat and start talking to the rest of my team, talking about the stuff I'm gonna work on today. Some of my team members are not out of bed yet. Some of them have been up long before me because they're on the other side of the world, but it's okay because we can work whenever we want. At 9.30, I usually take a break and I go exercise, and then I come back and I'm ready to go at 11 o'clock. Maybe two hours goes by and then I go run to the grocery store and I come back home again. Maybe I work for another hour and then I go out and watch a movie or I go out and take my dog on a walk. The nice thing about having a flexible schedule is you can spread your work day out in whatever way you choose. Work all in the morning, all in the evening, a little bit in the morning, a little bit in the evening, work on Saturdays or Sundays, don't work on Wednesdays, take five days off a week when you have some stuff going on you need to take care of, or take every Monday and record a podcast in the middle of the day. It's now 12.52 p.m. on Monday, and I'm recording a podcast, right? I could not do this if I was standing in an office. You have more time for your hobbies. You have more time for exercise. You have more time to speak at conferences or go to conferences. The other aspects of your life besides work are no longer compressed into the evenings and weekends. They are instead distributed throughout the rest of the week however you want to do that. So the weekends aren't the time where you need to get a bunch of chores done because you did your chores on Wednesday when no one else was doing their chores. The other benefit of allowing people to work in whatever schedule they want is when you get to a certain size of a company, you're almost guaranteed to always have at least a few people working. So when there's an emergency that comes up, something blows up or a support request comes in or some feature that was deployed this morning is not working as expected, you're gonna be able to get that resolved much quicker because there's probably gonna be somebody sitting in front of their laptop working this very minute and you don't need to page people that are sleeping or doing something else. Now, just like every other benefit that I've talked about for working on a distributed team, a flexible schedule can also be a disaster. It's so common that people on distributed teams work too much. There is no clear line between work and home. You don't have a commute to break up your day. You don't have an office and a home place. Work and not work are more of states of mind than they are like a physical location. So it's very common for people not to break up their day enough, not to take the time to do other things, not to get chores done, not to take a shower, not to exercise, not to brush your teeth. It's very rare that people on a distributed team don't work enough, and it's more common that they work too much. Now that said, the opposite is also true. Having a flexible schedule and nowhere to be at specific times 
can also be a disaster for some people. Organization is very important. When you've agreed to work on something and said you're going to get something done, you need to make sure that you block out the time to actually get that done. Some of the people I work on my team have a very specific schedule that they do every day, just like they were working in an office. They come in at 9 a.m. and they leave at 4 p.m. Before and after those times, they can do whatever they want, but from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., they're working and they're focused on getting stuff done. You need to be organized and motivated enough that you can break up your time in such a way to get the stuff done that you said you were going to get done. A nice trick that I've seen a lot of people do at GitHub and other companies I've worked at is when they are ready to work, ready to chat, ready to start getting stuff done, they check in with the team and say, hey, I'm here. Maybe that can be a little wave emoji in the chat room or like a little sunrise emoji or just saying, hey, what's up? I'm here. But letting people know that you are in work mode and you're focused on getting stuff done. And then when you're stepping out to go run to the grocery store, go to the gym or you're done for the day, then you tell people that you're done for the day. Say, I'm out of here. Another little wave emoji. I'll see you tomorrow morning. So by telling people you're present and working, you have a little bit of that accountability that you would have if you were in the office and you are signaling to the rest of your team that you're in work mode. So those are the three main benefits that I see of working in a distributed team that I experienced myself. That is having complete control over your workspace and all the perks and benefits that you want to put in there. Having complete control over the communication, being able to shut off distractions, shut off chat rooms or turn it on as you see fit. And finally, having that flexible schedule so you can work when you want and do other things when you want to do the other things. So I'm just going to list off a few tools that I use and some of the other people on my team use at GitHub that help us work as a distributed team. Now, these aren't really a solution per se for any of these problems, but it's a starting point if you're trying to think about what kind of things can I use to help me talk with the rest of the people on my team. So when we're planning and trying to prioritize the work that we want to get done this next week, we typically use Pivotal Tracker, and we link each of those stories to pull requests or issues on GitHub. For my personal planning, I also use Things, which is a little task management tool. It's on macOS, it's on the iPhone, it might be on other things. It syncs, it's pretty simple, I like it a lot. When we're writing code, obviously we're using GitHub for this. We use issues to track our bugs, we make pull requests to do code review, and we make sure we comment on the things we'd like to be fixed up, and we wait until we have feedback from the rest of the team before we merge that in. For chat, we're using Campfire right now and maybe thinking about trying out Slack. Some of us are using Slack as kind of a back channel. Slack is a great chat client. And if you are looking for a chat client today to use with your team, I would say go with Slack. Campfire has been retired, so I wouldn't start with Campfire today if you don't already have a chat room. For video chat, we're using a service called BlueJeans, which is just like ones you may already be familiar with, like Skype and Google Hangouts. But BlueJeans has been a lot more reliable. We've had much better connections, better video quality, and we've had persistent URLs that we can use to have regular meetings or one-on-ones when we want to hop in and talk to each other. The other benefit of BlueJeans is conversations can be easily recorded. So if you want to share the meeting that just happened, it's easy to do that after the fact. For pairing, when I'm pairing with somebody, we're not in the same room, so we can't just sit at the same computer and type away on two different keyboards. We need to do remote pairing. So if I'm pairing with somebody else who likes to use Vim, then we'll use SSH, Tmux, and Vim to have a little pairing session. And if you've never seen how this works before, it's pretty awesome. You could probably Google 
Tmux and Vim pairing, and you'll see a bunch of different articles. I'll put a link in the show notes that shows you how to get this going. There's a nice little gem I made recently called GitHub Auth that allows you to add anybody's public SSH key easily to your machine so they can SSH in and start pairing with you. If I'm working with somebody that does not know how to use Vim or doesn't like to use Vim, then I'll use Screen Hero, which is an excellent screen sharing service that also has audio chat. And finally, for all the social banter that you don't necessarily want to put in a chat room, you want to share a talk you did recently or something you just finished, some great feature, some awesome migration, some kind of cool thing you did for the company, then we have a little internal social network that a few people built that we use to post these kinds of notifications. It's like a Twitter feed or a Facebook or whatever, but it's our own creation and it's inside the company so we know all the stuff we're sharing is just with the other people that we work with. So if working on a distributed team sounds interesting to you and you want to hear more about how that works, other people's experiences, there's actually a wonderful podcast called The Wide Teams Podcast. This is by Advi Grimm, and unfortunately, this podcast no longer exists, but there are still over 100 episodes that you can listen to that are personal accounts from people that work on distributed teams and some of the problems and some of the solutions that they've had by working at the companies they work at. And then if you're still interested, then a great place to look for remote work is on a website called weworkremotely.com. And they also have a Twitter feed at WeWorkRemotely. This is a job listing board with positions that are specifically designed for remote teams. So let me know if you have any questions. You can leave a comment in the show notes if you want at healthyhacker.com slash 18. And if you have a topic or question or something you want to talk about on a future episode, please send me a voicemail at healthyhacker.com slash voicemail. Voicemail.